0: You're listening to Devotions with Pastor Daniel Williams, taken from the Redemption Church YouTube channel. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to these live devotionals here on YouTube and podcasts. Coming straight to you. My name is Pastor Daniel Williams. Going to get into God's Word today, and so glad that you joined us, that you're watching this video. Uh, today, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about a very important lesson uh, about our faith and what God declares to us, that He is a God of love. Uh, God is love. Everything that He does, the Bible says that He does it lovingly because love isn't just something that He does, it's something who He is. Um, the Bible tells us that this is so important and fundamental to our faith, and it tells us that we could actually know a loving God. Uh, 1 John 4.16 comes to mind. Uh, the Apostle John, who's known as the Apostle of Love because he talks so much about this key fundamental principle of who God is. He says this, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. Now this verse tells us that we could know and believe that God loves us uh, because he is love. And we enter into a loving relationship with God through his son, Jesus, and the work on the cross that he died for our sins. He forgives. He's full of mercy, slow to anger, gracious, the Bible says. And first, John, uh, verse nine of that chapter, chapter four, John would say in this, the love of God was made manifest among us are shown to us that God sent his son into the world so that we might live through him. You see, God, He manifested, He showed, He displayed His love for for you and for me through His Son. By sending His Son and Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, we don't ever have to wonder, does God love us? The answer is always yes. God loves you unconditionally. And there should be no doubt in our minds because this is who our God is. We are the objects of His love jesus told us in john 15 13 greater love has no one than this that someone laid down his life for his friends and this is what jesus did on the cross he died for you and me he calls us friends he's a friend of sinners and he took on our sin our wrath our debt and paid the price for our atonement with his blood now why why would god do this because god is love for god So loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And did you notice that both in first John and in John 15, it talks a lot about not just God's love, but abiding in God's love. John wants us to know that we can abide in God's love. We could know God's love. We can believe in this love. This word Abide means to remain, to dwell, or continue in. You see, there's great fruit when we remain in the love of God, when we continue in the love of God, when it's on the forefront of our minds and touches our hearts and and displays everything and manifests out in our lives. Our faith has works. If it's bound by this love and motivated by this love, there's great fruit. John says, whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. You see, relationship is a beautiful product of God's love. He makes a way so we can enter into relationship with him through his son and even pours out his spirit in our hearts. So the love of God will be in us and we will know the love of God and be able to pour out into other people the love of God. As we abide in God, we're abiding in love because God is love. And this word, you may be familiar with it. It's a Greek word. It's called agape. Um, Now, I'm sure that many of you have heard this before, but it's so important because the Greek language is different than the English language. You see, in the English language, I can say, I love coffee. I love love strawberry Pop-Tarts. We say we love food items. But then we also say, we love people like i love my wife laura i love my children jeremiah and may but in the greek it's not so there are different descriptive words for different descriptive objects of love probably the most familiar type of love for a, uh, you would say like i love coffee would be storge if you that that's how you pronounce it uh, it's this greek word of a familiar love a liking a care But there are actually other words. I wouldn't say storge for Laura. I would say uh, eros. It's more of a a passionate love, a romantic love. A love for a spouse would be eros. Or philea. We would know this to be more of a brotherly affection. Hence, the city Philadelphia is known for brotherly love. The Greek language would use different words for describing love and every time the Bible talks about how God is a God of love it would use this word agape it's what we talk about God's agape love it's an unconditional it's selfless it's unconditional and it's from God because it is God it is who he is we aren't as familiar with this type of love in our world because we are self ish sinners Not selfless no we take about me myself and I I love me if I love you if you love me this is the conditional love that we have for one another sometimes but not so with God he loves despite if people love him back it's not based on behavior or works and this is why the Bible describes God's love throughout the Bible to give us helpful cues to understand who God is I want to give you five verses to sort of give you some descriptions of God's love because the Bible says a lot about this God and who he is, that this love is for you and for me. And the first thing that the Bible says is, I want you to know is God's love is great. It's great. It's incredible. It's it's majestic. It's magnificent. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved our salvation describes God's love that that he's rich in mercy that he's great in love and he saved us by his grace that we can experience this great love through salvation but God's grace is not only great but it's gracious You see, Deuteronomy 7, 7 says that it's not because that we were um, mere in number than any other people that the Lord has uh, set his love on you and chose you for you were the fewest of people. This is talking about the Israelites and how God chose a people to be redeemed, but it wasn't because they were great. And we know that we've been chosen by God, but it's not because we are great or or are a plethora of people and the majority know his love was given to us based off of not our ability or strength but God's ability and strength his character he's gracious he gives favor unmerited favor we aren't chosen because of how great we are but rather because of how great God is in fact the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 talks about our calling Paul would say hey listen not many of you are noble or wise matter of fact you're weak God chose the, the foolish things of this world to de- confound the wise, to bring glory to himself. You see, why does God love us so much? Well, we're candidates of his grace. God's love is gracious. It's great, but it's also unchanging. Or maybe a biblical word would be immutable. James 1.17 says, Every good... Gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God doesn't change, and His love is constant. It doesn't change. When you think of the love of God, uh, we need to understand that God isn't going to change His love for you and I a few years down the road are based on our behavior. And let's just see how it is. No, no, no. It's immutable. It's unchanging. His love for us, uh, it's constant. From eternity's past to everlasting future, God will always be a God of love. And he will always love us. Isn't that amazing? That's why the Bible says it's great. Because the love is gracious. And it's unchanging. It's reliable. You can bank on it. You can count on it because it's not only great, gracious, and unchanging, but it's also everlasting. It's forever. When you experience God's love, it's something that you can go back over and over and over again and rely on His character and how you relate to Him. Jeremiah 31.3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Again, the idea is a constant, reliable, forever, faithful love. We can always turn to God's love and receive his love. Because God's love, lastly, is infinite. It's infinite. It it won't run out. It's impossible to measure. Psalm 136, 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his love endures forever. God isn't going to run out of love For you and for me, his love will remain forever. And this is something that we should rejoice and thank God for. This is why the Bible says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. It's infinite. So be reminded today that our God is a God of love, that he loves you. He loves me. He loves the world. And he displayed that he showed that to us. And we could know this love and believe in this love. Because love has a name. His name is Jesus. And God showed His love by sending Jesus to die for our sins so we can have a loving relationship with God and now abide in God and abide in this love and actually have it affect our lives. And as we abide in His love and in Him and we enjoy and receive this love, we're going to bear fruit. And so let's testify of this great love like the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. For I am sure of this. That neither death nor life, nor angels or rulers, nor present nor things to come, nor powers or heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, may you know that God loves you. He loves you today, yesterday, and forever. For our God is a God of love, and we can know this that we can believe it, and we can enjoy it. God bless you guys, and may God's love touch your heart today.